Phoenix Suns preseason is in the books, and on today's episode of Locked On Suns, we'll break down game number five from Palm Springs, California, why Frank Vogel is a liar, and our final thoughts on the rotation and roster. Let's go. You are Locked On Suns, your daily Phoenix Suns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we're back. This is Locked On Phoenix Suns. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brendan Clean, a credentialed media member covering the Suns for the past seven seasons, a writer at suns.com and the host of the Just Basketball Show, wherever you get your podcast. Thank you for making Locked On Suns your first listen to close out the week. Happy Friday. Preseason is in the books. The regular season is four days away. The Phoenix Suns tip off to start the NBA season shortly. Preseason finished up, so hit follow, hit subscribe wherever you're finding the show to keep it rolling all season long, becoming every day or get locked onto the Suns right along with me Monday through Friday from now through next July. A lot of content between now and then, so you know what to do. Joining me as he does every Friday is Aaron Edwards. He is a writer at FanBuzz Sports, and he is uh, the Friday host on this show. And we are going to talk Kevin Durant. We are going to talk rotation and we are going to talk roster now that preseason is complete this episode is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook official sportsbook of the Lockdown Podcast Network make every moment more by visiting FanDuel new customers bet five dollars and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get started more from them later on we are uh, recording this before the final buzzer has sounded but we saw the competitive portion of this game Aaron and We thought we were in for a treat. We thought everybody was playing. The Lakers held up their side of that bargain. The Suns woke up on Thursday and said, never mind. Devin Booker did not play. Bradley Beal did not play. And even Durant did not actually play into the third quarter, which was also specifically said would happen. So uh, not quite the competition we thought we would get, but the Lakers, you know, their guys played. And the Suns put out a version of a lineup that, look, we probably could see in a game or two this season, even with a couple of their star players out. So what were your observations on the game, the matchup, Durant's performance, just the big picture kind of uh, tune-up that we saw on Thursday night? Um, I knew, I kind of knew KD was going to be aggressive, like, because obviously he was our main dude on the floor, but he took, you, it were m- moments when he took the LeBron being on the floor thing personal. You like he just can't not do it sometimes. Like LeBron hit a three, and I said it. I was like, he's gonna come down and shoot. Like he just can't get it out of his system. And he went down and hit a mid range right after because LeBron did it. So you can tell, like even though it was still like a tune up game and all that, like he was still trying to put on a show for the fans. And that was like not my main takeaway, but I like to just see that that KD still knows the moment and he still does like wants to put on a show when he can. But like my main thing was just Nurk against athletic bigs. We're going to have to deal with that. I know Anthony Davis doesn't like playing center, but in games like this, if a series like this happens, like he's going to have to. And yeah, I think Nurk against bigs that can move their feet who are athletic and who are just going to stand right by him and block his shot and do all that stuff. Like, I think that's going to be the tougher part, especially on the pick and roll and stuff like that. 
it was a uh, very Nurkic game, I think. Um, <laughs> one of 11. And I'm not going to, that. that's obviously not his typical thing, but uh, it's just some missed bunnies and layups and all the stuff Portland fans warned us was there for us. him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the part about his defense, I think, is, is more important. And at, at, at on one hand, it's like five fouls is not great, and that's that's going to probably continue to be an issue, and that's just what happens when you can't guard somebody is you end up fouling them. But if Davis can't make jumpers, it kind of it it's it's not that big of an issue, you know. If if he's not yeah. able to really face up and spread the Suns out and and pull Nurkic to the perimeter, then you can live with seven free throw attempts for him and you know, making a bunch of stuff around the basket. That's what the Lakers offense feasted on last year. And and there's there's a reason why it made headlines. And I think Darvin Ham was right in the whole should Katie or AD take more threes thing that kind of took over the internet last week. Like, yeah, he should because the year they won the title, he did that and made them. And that's a big part of why their offense works. So if he's not able to do that and and punish you, then Nurkic can foul him all he wants and you just kind of live with it, and you get yours on the other end. And that brings us to Duran, who you mentioned. I That was my takeaway from this one, is I just kind of sat back and enjoyed Durant going to work. Like, it just some of the, yeah. the shots where it's like, it's just crazy. I, honestly, I'm still feeling like I'm getting used to the fact that this is just going to be a nightly thing for us this year. Like, uh, that, that yeah. still hasn't sunk like in. It felt like it was like a rental season. for the playoffs. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he's starting the season with us, so now it's like KD is on the Suns. Yeah, so I think that was probably like the weirdest part for me too. It's like he's on this team; he's doing preseason stuff here. Like he's starting opening day here; he's on this team now. So yeah, like that's the craziest part is KD's on this team, and there are going to be points when it's the other way. You're going to be like, Bill had 32. Like what was that? <laughs> and that's going to be even like crazier. My wife was. uh in the room for this game, which she, I don't think she's been in there when the TV has been on any of the preseason games. And she was <laughs> like, I know who none of these people are. And I was like, yeah, you shouldn't know who any of these people are, but Beal came up. I was like, do you know who the guy in the pink hat is at least? And she's like, I have no idea who that is. I'm like, all right, well you have to learn his name, but she's like, I know who Kevin Durant is, whatever. I'm like, that's kind of what it's like, but at least from the Durant standpoint, that settling in it feels like the rental pitchers that you see in baseball where it's like Zach Grinky yeah. <laughs> or Max Scherzer they always end up on the Dodgers it's just like they pitch like a no hitter in the playoffs out of nowhere and then they just go to some other team that pays them it feels a little like that except they didn't leave uh, Duran actually is yeah. still on the team him and, Le- him and LeBron never guarded each other though that was probably the part that I didn't like the most is like you guys haven't played each other in years just do it once we don't want that much we're pretty simple and they didn't do it one time that was the part I didn't there was one moment where Durant made LeBron laugh at the free throw line, and I re- really wonder what was said there. I, I want to be a fly, I guess not on the wall, like a fly <laughs> just on the backboard. I don't on know the what backboard. the phrase would be. <laughs> yeah, uh, but as far as guarding him, and that's where I was going with it a second ago, is just some of the shots where it's it's one thing to say, like, oh, he can he can shoot over double a double team, right? Okay, like yeah. plenty of guys can do that. He's not even phased by a double team some yeah. of the time. He had a couple of bunnies over Reeves that he missed. And you can tell he was like, why is he on me kind of thing? And yeah. like the, he started the game with Reeves on him. And you can just tell Katie was like, oh, all right. Like this is going to be kind of cool. And he missed a couple of bunnies. But 
then he got going. I mean, whether it was Nurkic or Kogi or any of the non-shooters that they put out there, Durant was like, okay, like send the help. He would dribble toward it and then just yeah. pull up. And it's like, I, it's just, it's a good balancing of reminding yourself that there are limitations of this Suns team and the Nurkic versus Davis stuff is obviously going to matter and whatever you want to point to, but there's just going to be so many possessions like that where it's like the other team's on an 8-0 run. One of these guys just dribbles a couple times and steadies everything out with the shot. And like that, yeah. that can seem yeah. very simplistic, but that's why you build a team this way. Yeah, I think just the ability to stop the bleeding with this, like with any of the dudes that we're going to have out there. And like Grayson, he missed some open shots. Eric Gordon missed open shots. I think it was just a lot of missed open shots too. And yeah. that was our backup cards. So when it comes to our starters, I think just the ability to stop the bleeding, if I don't think at any point all of them are going to be off the floor, I don't think that's how Vogel gets down. Like we do have great scorers to come off the bench or decent at least, but I don't think at any point he's just going to have Katie, Bill, and Book sitting down. But if he does do that, like I think if somebody just like rips off a quick six, he has the ability to send Bill out there and be like, all right, stop this. Like, go get a bucket. Mm -hmm. Like, I think we never had that before because Book would play hole first, sit half the second, and then we just have to hold on for dear life. And I think not having to do that is the bigger part of this. Like, we can always have the ability to stop the bleeding if somebody's going on a run. So we talked about Vogel being a liar in terms of saying <laughs> these stars were going to play. And then uh, he did say, uh, I think, during the pregame media availability, like he had conversations with those guys. Maybe he just spoke a little too soon and then, did the right thing, in my opinion, and let the athlete kind of dictate it, which I think this is what you thought was going to happen. Smart. So. <laughs> yeah. So that's fine. Uh, but let's jump to the rotation because I want to give Vogel some credit for honesty with this stuff. And we can dive into who played today, who we expect to play when the season tips off next week, and kind of what Vogel's looking for within all of that. We'll do that next. First, today's show brought to you by the FanDuel. Sportsbook snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. They are the best place to spend your football Sundays and your basketball every days once that is back as well. New customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. You don't even have to guess right in your first bet. You don't even have to spend that much time wondering if you're going to win or lose it. All you got to do is put the money down, watch the bonus bets come in. The app is easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options once you're there. Spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, where there are already, of course, NBA futures odds, but NBA regular season odds as well. We're talking about looking forward to next week. The Suns are one-and-a-half-point underdogs against the Warriors. Sometimes NBA point spreads can be a little silly, so maybe avoid that, but... Minus 112 to win the game. Somehow uh, they are favorites on the money line, but um, no, they are favorites. They are favorites by a point and a half on the road. There we go. Over under 233, plus all the football every single week. FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. <laughs> People are going to watch this pod and realize why I'm making so many faces. The Suns are just up 20 and it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering what you were looking at. Somebody there? Is somebody breaking into your home, Aaron? Do we need to uh, give you some <laughs> no, space? No, I just turned there? around and then 
and the Suns are up 19. So it was there were it was four when we started. Shout out to who's uh, who's out there right now. We got uh, Chemezi Metu a little bit going on. Maybe some Drew Eubanks. Um, but let's let's start with Nasir Little because in the competitive first half of this game, he was the only of the sort of wing defensive guys to play minutes. So we did see Jordan Goodwin, but that's because Beal and Booker were out. He was really the backup yeah. guard. We saw Little. We saw Yuta Watanabe, but we did not see Keita bates up. And I'll I'll take the L. I'm not, you know, we got 82 games left here. We haven't played a single one uh, in the NBA yet. But as of right now, I will take the L. My preseason hype on that guy was overblown. I talked in the last game that I thought he'd made some baby steps toward playing a little bit more team basketball. But he's clearly uh, behind everyone in this pecking order right now. And Nasir Little made his three, uh, the one kind of open in rhythm three that he got. He... Knocked down some of the little junk junk stuff that he got as well, and was involved and active defensively. Like I'll even take the four fouls. It's not like they, they need him to play thirty six minutes out there. So he seems to be the guy that I would guess Aaron is like the tenth man in this rotation heading into opening night. Yeah, I think the Utah thing kind of cleared itself up fast. He tries hard on defense. He's smart, and he's just far ahead of everybody in the shooting. So he could have been a wash and or being a negative, but not a bad negative. And he was going to get in the rotation. He just shoots too well. So I think Vogel had already set him in there. He didn't know, probably didn't know he was that good on defense. So that automatically put him in, but I didn't think we saw enough Nasir little minutes to like be sure that he would make the cut already. I didn't think we would see him that much because Kadebase Diop, he played a lot those first couple of games. And mm-hmm. I think either he's practicing bad and he's not shooting well, or it's a mix of both. But Dasir Little, he has minutes. He's played when he's healthy. Like, I think that was kind of just vocal like experience. And Kadebase Diop, he had experience on a bad team, but so did Nasir Little with some of those Blazer scenes. But I think that just the strength on ball and just being able to do that. If it's not rangy, because Nasir Little is not like a rangy, like lanky guy, but he's strong. And I think if you can be on ball and knock people off their spots and do that, Vogel's going to like it more. It seems that way. I mean, I think, too, it's just sort of embracing your role, too. You know, it's like, I don't think Kata is selfish. I'm not trying to paint him as some sort of awful player, but... when you're on a bad team, you probably have bad habits, even if it is pop. Like, you're in a bunch of bad losing games, mm-hmm. and you kind of get to jack up kind of shots that you probably wouldn't be allowed to on a better team. So he probably just has to get out of that kind of that stuff. And and just, yeah, stop some of the bad habits, but also be immediately ready to make the right decision. And I think that's especially on offense where it can't – you it. it there are some players on this team who can stop the the rhythm of a possession. Kata Bates Diop is not going to be one of those guys. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> if if Durant wants to say I'm going to pound the ball for a minute and and see what is is here, I think Vogel's okay with that. But if you're a role player, it's either shoot or pass, you know, or drive. And and it can't be yeah. survey the landscape and whatever like you're back at Ohio State. It has to be it has to be more immediate than that. And I think little to me just feels like somebody who 
even in college was already shaping up to be a role player. And, and so maybe he just has had more time to adjust to what the reality of his career is going to be. Or maybe it's that he already kind of got that second contract and is getting paid like a role player. So it's a little easier to adjust to that. I don't know, but he's, he's there. I mean, he's obviously a better athlete. His, he's not quite as big or long as Kata, but I mean, he has a seven, two wingspan. So, you know, he's going to be able to make an impact there too. And, I just think right now that that those little things are adding up. Um, the part I was going to give Vogel credit for on the honesty standpoint was on two guys who we can hit. Uh, you mentioned Yuta, so we can move on from him. But uh, <laughs> Vogel was asked about him, and he was like, yeah, he maximizes what his physical profile can do. And I'm like, is that a compliment? I don't know if it's nice to yeah. say, like, yeah, he's not a great athlete, but, like, he tries. But, I mean, look, it's a coach being honest. I can't fault him. And then... With Goodwin, who I think is worth hitting on, I don't think he's in the rotation right now. Again, I think he played in the first half tonight just because they needed guards. I don't think you're going to... like They they played Kogi and Goodwin together. I'll tell you right now, that's not going to happen in the regular season. Um, and it was the thing I texted you during the game, which is Vogel was very clear that, yes, the six steals against Denver on Tuesday or Portland on Tuesday were nice, but he also had like five or six fouls. And Vogel was like, yeah, fouls are mistakes, even if you do other good stuff. And it feels like even though Goodwin brings a lot in terms of that point of attack defense and physicality and stuff, it's just not the the good isn't good enough to outweigh the bad right now. And that's fine. He's a young player. I don't think a lot of us expected him to be in the rotation, but he's another one that if he's going to make an impact this season, I think it's going to have to be earned over the course of the regular season because I don't think he's going to play next week. Yeah, I think Vogel, he looks at the full scale of defense and fouling a lot is, I mean, Kerr's not even a defensive coach. And with the Warriors, he hates a lot of fouls. Like two years ago when they were fouling a lot before they won the finals, he mentioned it all the time because he just doesn't like fouls. And I think Vogel's kind of part of like that same crew of guys that you can be great on ball and all that, but if you foul a lot, you just can't get the minutes. And I actually respect that. Like steals don't, only equal a couple points sometimes, but if you are giving up fouls and you're putting us in the bonus early, that just ruins the whole flow of the game. And yeah, like he's aggressive and I like the six steals part, but if you have the other team in the bonus, it just ruins everything. And it's, it's interesting. It kind of speaks to something that I, I am a little bit surprised by. And I think it's part of the Bates Diop thing. Although little, I guess I would have expected to be somewhat of a risky type of option too, but it, it seems like Vogel actually is, at least early in the season, he's he's picking the higher floor options more than I would have guessed. You know, I think yeah, being okay playing small and having guys like Gordon and uh, Allen and Watanabe just be right there, no question. Like all those guys are good enough to earn it too, but. I guess I expected a little more craziness in the way of like, you know what? Tonight we're going to have a lineup out there that is Beal, Akogi, Bates Diop, Little, and Durant, or those guys in Eubanks, or those guys in Nurkic, or whatever. And it seems like he's like, no, we're going to stick to our guns. We're going to score the hell out of the ball, and we'll see what we can tinker with defensively and lineup-wise as the season goes along. Um, to your point about the fouls, though, like I think Akogi's a great example. Last year... He removed almost an entire foul per 100 possessions from his average. 
the first time he really got minutes and, you know, Monty being a, a pretty no nonsense guy, obviously also just sort of, yeah, there were games in December and January where Okogie had to play, yes. but otherwise it was yeah. earned, you know, yeah. and, and, and I think a big part of why is he limited his mistakes. He's a pretty low turnover guy. He cut down the fouls and he just sort of focused on what he was able to do to make an impact, which was defend offensive rebound and just, hustle you know so i i think some of these other young guys are going to have to kind of commit themselves to that approach if they're going to break into the rotation because vogel is picking the no we want to win games in october and, and november yeah. we're not messing around here yeah i think like this is kind of like the rare situation where the role players are set out pretty clearly <laughs> like you have your three dudes like everybody else is a role player like everybody's job is pretty clean cut you know what you have to do so like we got some guys from bad teams we got dudes that were pretty decent but didn't get minutes on good teams so a lot of them like they kind of have to just figure out their roles pretty fast the starters are going to know what they have to do nurk he seems like he knows what he's got to do if he can move his feet and play decent defense but he knows pass well rebound like that's pretty simple akogi he's he has the same exact role from last year, so that's easy. <laughs> I think that the starters are going to be clear. I think the other guys, they're going to have to figure out their role in these lineups with some of the stars every once in a while. That's probably going to be the toughest part. Not for, like, Eubanks. I think he has the experience and stuff to be on the floor with anybody. I think he's athletic. He can move his feet. He can get under or over screens. Like, I think he's probably – I think he's going to close games sometimes, honestly. But, I like – a lot of those other guys, they kind of, the wings at least, have to figure out where they fit on the team. Yeah, so I think it sounds like we're in agreement. If we're going 10-man rotation for the Suns next week, it is the starting lineup with the Kogi in there, and then off the bench, Allen, Gordon, Little, Watanabe, Eubanks. Eubanks, yeah. yeah I think that's that what we'll like see. That seems like the very clear, yeah, that seems like the clear lineup. Even yeah, that's not what I would have guessed. If I'm being honest, yeah. <laughs> obviously the Aiton thing kind of messed with all of us and we had to really quickly reevaluate what was and wasn't going to happen. But, um, yeah, it's, it's gonna, it's solid. I, I think it, it's workable, but it's just a little different in a couple ways than I maybe would have anticipated. I think there were people initially with not understanding just how good Grayson Allen had been where, who were like, is this guy going to play? It's like, yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, he's going to play and, and he's going to play a lot, but all right. Uh, on the topic of who's in and who's out. Let's talk about it from a roster standpoint. Ish Wainwright was cut. It sounds like he might be brought back on a two-way deal. The Suns need to make one more main roster cut, and they will not have any more two-way slots if they do bring Ish back in that capacity. So we'll hit on that next, who they cut, where all that is headed. First, today's show brought to you by Jace Medical. There's a lot of uncertainty Everywhere you look these days in your personal life, as well as, of course, in the world. And the Jace case from Jace Medical is a personalized emergency medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics that treat the most common and deadly bacterial infections. You can also customize your case and add life-saving medications based on your unique needs. The point being, this is basically a first aid kit for medication and antibiotics. You want to have Band-Aids around, you want to have Tylenol around. Well, if you also want to have the stuff when you really need it, go to jacemedical.com, enter the promo code LOCKDOWN at checkout to get a $20 discount on your order. Again, that is the Jace case, five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. 
as well as medications that you need day to day, the stuff that is harder to get, the stuff that you're not always positive a doctor can get for you, a pharmacist might have ready, Jace Case comes in clutch and handles it for you. They have medical physicians on staff. They have day-to-day care and communication that you can get from their website and their staff and team. And of course, they have the antibiotics and medications to put in your hands and give you the peace of mind. Again, that's chasemedical.com. Promo code locked on at checkout for a $20 discount on your order. Promo code locked on at jasemedical.com. Closing out the show, let's talk Ish Wainwright really quick. Aaron, I think last week was when we talked about some of this in terms of predicting yeah. what would happen. Ish Wainwright has not been able to appear in a preseason game, and it felt like this was coming. Um, I didn't have time once we heard this to like do a deep dive on two-way contracts, but once Vogel said they're going to bring him back, it's pretty obvious that that would have to be how. So, okay, that means Azabuki, Sabin Lee, and Ish Wainwright will be the Suns' three two-way players. That's a new rule in the NBA this year. You can have three. You used to only be able to have two of those. So there you go. Do you still feel like it's Damian Lee, the other cut here? Or did Keon no. Johnson kind of playing a little uh, up and down make you feel like it might be him after all? Yeah, I think it's going to be Keon Johnson. Plus, we have so many guards now, which I never thought would be a sentence I'd say. <laughs> but I think we have, like, so many guards that it kind of has to be him. And I know Suns fans love this person, and everyone loves a project. But how long can you be a project? I would say it's Bo Bo. <laughs> I just... <laughs> I just don't get it. Let's talk about this, actually. Maybe I will. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you are you're the right person to have this conversation with because I didn't want to do it solo. That's not fun, but Oh, I you felt... want to split the hate that we're gonna get? <laughs> no well, sure, maybe. Uh no, I just <laughs> I feel bad for the guy. It's awkward in there. Like I on Tuesday, he there there was a chant to bring him into the game. He's like a kid. Like, I mean, he's not yeah. that much younger than me at this point, I guess. But yeah. he's a... He's been in the league for a while. That's true. I think of him as still Oregon Bull Bull. I guess he's probably like my age. Um, but I would... I mean, whatever. I'll call myself a kid then. Like, I just think it's, it's unfair for him. And if you also just kind of zoom out, like, the guy has a background in an African country where his dad was incredibly famous passes away and I'm not positive that he loves basketball like I don't know the guy but it feels a little bit like there's some of that going on he's never felt seemed to fit into his teams and I don't know his personality I'm sure there's elements of it that I you know I'll I'll defer to some of the players like I'm not saying it's everybody else's fault and Bulls never done anything wrong I, I don't know but it just feels like everywhere he's gone there's been unfair expectations and weird reputations and all this stuff that he's had to try to fit into. And it's like, can you just shut up and like see if he can play? Because this is kind of his last year to prove that. He's on an amazing team. Yeah. He has a friend as a superstar. And just like see if it's going to work. Like, Don't make everything awkward and make the franchise and the other players and everything else uncomfortable because the entire arena is filled with the chant for the dude. I mean, it will, probably won't happen once real games are going on. But yeah. I don't know if people... I, Nobody has to do a different chant based on me, but I'm just like, come on, like, just leave it alone. Yeah, I don't know. Like, 
I think the fact that he should technically be good, like he developed the skills for a person that would be good. He's just level one Wimby. Like it's just everything that he does, Wimby does a million times better. He just never really, like you said, like maybe he just kind of peaked there. Maybe that was it. That was as far as it was going to go. But that's, not an NBA player to me. I don't think that with the skills that he has that big, not being able to do much big stuff. And with a coach like Vogel, I don't think that's just going to pass. And it hasn't passed with anybody else that he's played with. I'll put it this way in terms of his status on the team. I don't think he would be on this team if not for Kevin Durant. So I don't think he's going to be off this team because of Kevin oh, so you're Durant. Giving him the, you're giving him the Damian Lee. <laughs> I mean, but also Damian Lee could also get cut. So uh, maybe maybe that is what ends up making it Keon Johnson. But on the Keon Johnson side of things, I, there was just one moment watching tonight where I was like, okay, it might be this guy because he was <laughs> in the game with, I don't remember, I, I think it was a pretty bad spaced lineup, which is part of what drew my attention. But all I know, quarter? I think so. And all I know is Grayson fake. Allen. It's the phone fake. <laughs> I know it wasn't it wasn't anything even like a major uh, moment. It was just the fact that he was on the court with Grayson Allen and Grayson Allen was initiating the offense and they had Keon Johnson like spotting up and running off ball. It's like we already know Keon Johnson's not a shooter. So if you also yeah. don't even trust him to initiate the offense and have Grayson Allen go spot up, then we know that this is not working. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. you should at least be able to just say dribble the ball up the court and initiate the, the set. And even that, they put him in the corner. You know what I mean? So yeah. he just – I think that there is defensive talent there. I'm, I think he's a pro basketball player. I don't know if that's in the NBA at this moment in time. So I get that he's a trade chip because the salary helps you out a little bit more and there's you know, far worse players have maintained NBA roster spots. This is not like let's dump on him. He's a, he's a young player, but – I just I don't see any real way that he makes an impact this year if they don't trust him to do what he's supposed to be good at. And honestly, I think Saban Lee might just be better, uh, <laughs> truthfully. So I, I I would pick him. I would cut Ke- uh, Keon Johnson, I think. Yeah, I think the fact that this year it's kind of up in the air because a dude that started a couple minutes for us could potentially be cut. I think that says a lot about our roster now that it said before that Maybe a decent person's going to get cut. Maybe somebody that might not like potentially be a star, but could get a couple minutes on a decent to average to bad team. Like, I think that says a lot about the roster, but I don't think the decision's going to be that hard. I think it's going to be Cam Job. I also think there's a real chance that uh, there is a Damian Lee decision or Bull Bull <laughs> decision even later because, you know. Don't have to get negative or too uh, panicky right now, but there might there might need to be a center added to this squad at some point during the season, <laughs> depending on how things go. Like we, you know, I'm looking at Billy Hernan Gomez. He, Billy Hernan Gomez is sitting there on the scrap heap, and he's like, "Did you see me at FIBA? I'm ready. Put me in." <laughs> where's Where's Busy at? Bring him back. <laughs> yeah. So, not gonna, you know, get. Pre- premature here but i do think that's uh that's still on the table we should probably not be thinking about this roster as the summer proved uh as a, a finished product until 
literally game one of the playoffs or whatever the deadline of for uh, buyout players to join other teams and be eligible for the postseason is whatever March April time that's when I'll say this is the roster uh, until then yeah it's uh it's it's subject to change at any moment all right that will wrap us up for the week we have final win total seeding how far do the suns get in the the year do they win the title all those good and fun predictions awards talk i'm kidding uh (laughs) next monday with brandon duenas we will have a preview probably just me solo of the tip off of the nba season with the golden state warriors hosting kevin durant for the first time with real fans in the building and all that good stuff so hit follow hit subscribe get all those shows and more throughout the rest of the season wherever you find your podcast we're free and available everywhere again so if you've not done that do that And I will talk to you guys next week.